Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean. Thanks, Ben, for the intro. You'll have to sign up long term now since you did that to keep the podcast going. So welcome to another episode. Like Ben said, my name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag, hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I'm back with my trio of Mark and Frank to talk about last week's intra-club match as well as their version two teams also. Uh, apologies for being late uh, in the week to bring it out. We just uh, couldn't organise all the boys together for the same night. Um, Jesse has had uh, work issues, so unfortunately he couldn't um, come on uh, tonight. So, we, it, yeah, I mean, sometimes that just happens. Um, you get caught up with work, so not to worry. No, we are here today and ready to get rolling. So let's bring them on right now. So we're missing one tonight. I've got a trio uh, back today, uh, Mark and Frank. We're missing Jesse. Unfortunately, he's uh, stuck with an IT commitment. I think he's uh, been trying to fix it the last couple of days. But it doesn't matter. We will get uh, straight into it. Now, before we start and talk about the Richmond game that happened last Saturday, boys, obviously uh, the Taron Thomas news um, as, as, you know, is getting a lot of publicity. Uh, how do you think the club have uh, handled it so far, Frank? Uh, look, from from the outside, um, you know, I, I know that it, it, some people it didn't sit well with. Um, others were, were very happy. I'm, I'm sort of in the middle, Dean, to be honest. I'm, I'm concerned about some of the patterns in his behaviour. There's no question the kid can play footy. Um, so uh, for me, I'm probably at that stage now where I think I've been around long enough that these things generally end badly. Um, that's my fear. But the people who are around him day to day and the club, I just trust that they know far more about it than I do and have made a, a, that judgment on on speaking to him and, and, you know, obviously know a lot more about it. But I'm in the middle. Mm, yeah, no, fair enough. You're uh, really sitting on the fence there, Frank. Uh, not a bad answer to start with. Um, what about you, Mark? How, how do you see the whole situation? Um, the Todd Viney interview and, um, yeah, I, I suppose uh, there's someone else to talk about, oh, Alistair Clarkson, briefly. Um, yeah, how, how have you seen mm. how they've handled it? Uh, well, I, I, first of all, I, the first question about Todd, I thought Frank's summary was pretty pretty accurate, to be honest. I think that was a pretty good summary, but... Todd, Todd Vine is a good point. I thought he was outstanding the way he handled both the um, topic of Taron Thomas and um, and Clark. And I'll say that I think the Clarkson altercation, if you want to even call it that, with the journalist, I think it's been completely overblown. I think he used a very his use of words was very poor. Hmm. But uh, we don't know exactly what was going on at the time, and I imagine he was just very frustrated that they'd been asked not to go near the players' race. They completely ignored it uh, and were right in the face of the players. And he said something he probably shouldn't have, but I think it's getting people are getting completely carried away by it. And I think he'll probably make similar type mistakes again. Um, but Todd Viney will try and prevent that. That's who he is. I think I think the, the players will absolutely love him and everyone within the club will love him. He'll make the odd <clears> mistake. <throat> I'm not too concerned about it. And I think you know he's he's prepared, and I I understand why. And I don't I don't think he wants to Taron Thomas back just because he's a good footballer. I think he absolutely thinks he can help him, um, and doesn't want to see his life ruined. Because mm. if if he if he's abandoned by the club now and is lost to the AFL, I don't, I think it really will end badly. And um, and I'm not I'm not um, excusing anything he's done. His behaviour's been terrible, and I'll let the police can work out. You know what, or the courts can work out if he deserves further punishment. That's a separate issue, but I don't think the club needs to abandon him at this point. I think he needs to be rehabilitated. He might not play for a while, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think um, Frank's absolutely right. There's absolutely no guarantee he will get it right because his his behaviour has been um, pretty bad for over 12 months now. So, but I'm I'm hoping he's learned his lesson, and if he doesn't learn from this, I don't think he ever will because he's he's been humiliated publicly by his behaviour. Um, yeah. So, if he doesn't wake up now, he he won't. But I, I hope he does because it would be terrible. You know, you don't want to ever see people go down the road 
that other uh, we've seen of other players, you know, both up during their career, but you know, and, and after their career, where they just haven't coped. And you know, Cousins is obviously a massive example, but there've been many more than that. So I, I just hope it works out. You know, for, for getting his footy, I just don't, don't want to see someone that young. He's only twenty-two, completely ruin their life. Yeah, and I think that's a bigger issue here. And you, and you summed it up really well there, Mark. Like, um, you, you got to support these people. Um, look, he hasn't killed anyone or anything like that. No. Obviously, we don't know the extent of the text messages. Like, I mean, obviously, there's you know some have come out, but we don't know if they're accurate or not. I mean, that, that hasn't been um, yeah brought out. Obviously, he's probably sent something out, but I, I don't know if it's been to the extent that some of the stuff he's sent out. But it's you know, incredibly, I mean, it's incredibly immature. I mean, whatever way you look at it, that that's the best. That's the, probably the kindest thing you can say about it. He's emotionally very immature, and need and needs to grow up. Uh, and you know, I'm hoping he's learned a hard lesson, and he's probably avoid. You know, I'm hoping he hasn't done any actually physically. Um, any there's been any physical assault of any kind yet? I'm hoping that's the case. That that hasn't got to that point, but um. I think I'm hoping it's just very, very poor uh, emotional immaturity and um, being hurt in some way and just, you know, lashing out with threats that he didn't really mean. But um, either way, he needs to learn pretty quickly. No, 100%. And uh, hopefully being around you know, a, a club environment will certainly help him um, with the re- rehabilitation, um, whatever he needs to get done. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, Frank, um, I'll go to you now. I mean, we've got to back our club that they've made the right decision of bringing him back, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like, like Mark said, I think there's people there, along with Sonia and other people on the board, that you'd think that they wouldn't feel comfortable bringing him back if they didn't think there was a very strong possibility to rehabilitate the kid. Um, yeah. I would just hate to see him mess up again, uh, you know, and, and blow this, what I think is probably his last chance. So. Yeah. I, I just hope that whoever's around him, whether it's Clarkson and Viney and everyone else, that he does really understand that he's potentially throwing away a fantastic career um, and that he comes back and he's remorseful and he does his training and with the blessing of the, the, the all the, the people at the club and the directors and the board and everything and, and that he gets back to playing like we saw him a couple of years ago. But... Yeah, there's just other little things that you see, and you just think, God, I hope he's, I hope he's not moving in the wrong circles and being influenced by the wrong people. But um, I'm happy to to give him another chance and, and see where it goes. Yeah, and I think you made a good point there. I think he's been around the wrong people um, that yeah. have certainly um, condoned some of the. Um, things that he's done in the past previously and that, that's been publicly stated before the draft that he's, he was hanging around with the wrong people that affected his behaviour and um, it's, it's probably happened again. So, yeah, look, uh, we'll move forward. Um, hey, we'll see. Hey, Dino, you know, can I ask you one other thing that came up today that, that shocked me amongst all the Clarkson journo thing is that it's, it's sort of just quietly reported that he hasn't actually spoken to, made any submission to or, or been had any conversation with the investigators regarding the racism um, investigation at this point. I find that extraordinary when it started in October. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure what's going on there because this this was, should have been done and dusted one way or the other, um, you know, months ago, really. They talked about Christmas. This will be wrapped up by, um, you know, and, you know, there'll be, you know, interviews and all that, but nothing has really happened. So I'm not too sure what's going on. And I'm not too sure if it's got something to do with uh, the the writer, uh, obviously, yeah. yeah, obviously, there's a lot of uh, talk about him at the moment. Whether something's going on there, and they've got to investigate that more. Um, I'm not well, I think I, I, that's that's the only assumption I can make. It's five months in, and they haven't even spoken to the main one of the main accused yet about their version of events. The only reason you would do that, in my opinion, it's a guess. I admit, certainly admit that, mm. is that something else has come up, and they've had to go deep into that because this is five months. I, As you said, they were talking Christmas. It's the end of Feb. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, lucky we didn't sort of uh, go with, uh, well, we're not going to do anything until the investigation is done. Like, he's not going to come back to the club because you you, you can't. I mean, obviously, if he wasn't at the club, then they would have uh, speeded up things. But, um, yeah, no, it's... It's, it is what it is at the moment. Um, we I guess it's just one day at a time and we move forward. So we'll go back anyway. Uh, I'll go to you, Frank. Um, we'll talk about the Richmond game. Now, 
I, I thought, yeah, the first quarter was probably, you know, as good as football I've seen us play in a long time. I know it's only practice match, you don't want to get carried away. But, uh, well, yeah, our setup was really, really good. Like, there was um, lots of, uh, you know, uh, you know, especially against the, uh, quite a strong breeze, a swirly breeze. It, uh, we set up behind the ball quite well. And, um, you yeah, know, the midfield setup was quite good, uh, particularly early. How did you see, Frank? It, but the same, Dean. Look, the thing that I really liked was um, for the first time in a while, particularly around the stoppages and, and things like that and disputed football, we had that second, third, fourth effort when we didn't win the ball so that it didn't just get spat mm-hmm. out and then we got run against. So it was really good to see. I know people generally don't like it, but that stoppage after stoppage after contested effort, which, yeah, was something we probably moved away from uh, in the last couple of years where we were scored so heavily against on those far. So I was really happy to see that a bit more congested, um, sort of tougher footy in, a, in and around the, uh, the contest. Yeah, 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 definitely, uh, particularly early. What about uh, yourself, Mark, now? I mean, one uh, big uh, thing that I noticed, particularly in the first quarter, we, we played a forward half game, which was uh, something we didn't see too much of in uh, 2022. So, you know, I mean, we seemed to lock the ball inside our forward half a fair bit, didn't we? Yeah, I just think Kane Turner set us a light and it just got better from there. We'll talk about him later. Um, <laughs> I, I get... <laughs> but, uh, he, he was, no, he, I'm just being facetious, but he, he, he was good early. But... um. I, the first thing I noticed after 10 minutes is the, none of the players looked the slightest bit confused about what they were doing. Hmm. They, they looked very decisive. They, they, there was a lot of talk uh, amongst the group out in the ground. They seemed to understand the structure, where they had to be. Um, when they, when they, they were moved the ball quickly at times. And it, uh, so it was, a bit, it was a bit of Richmond in it in that they um, quite often someone would run past They'd go long, and then everyone would work hard to keep the ball in. It was, um, it was great to watch after what we saw last year. So I, I almost felt comfortable, you know, within ten minutes that I could see what Clarkson had done off during the off season. And you go, okay, this is we're gonna, you already knew we were going to have a better twenty three by a long way than we are we did in twenty two. And um, yeah, I just thought it was. I mean, they plus they the other thing that stood out to me was their ability to run. Um, they're running much harder than what we've seen in the previous two years. Um, so fitness doesn't look like it's an issue. And that carried on through the whole game, which was great too. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, you, you sort of talked about a lot of talk on the field. Now, I went to the game, uh, Frank, and I noticed the communication, not just by senior players. Like last last couple of years when I've been watching the team, it's always been one or two players that have been communicating. But this was a whole group. Like uh, every stoppage, there would be people pointing, like a Will Phillips, Griffin Lake was excellent with his communication in the back yeah. line, uh, just mm-hmm. guiding the, you know, like uh, yelling at Callum Coleman James to get back on the line when they're having a set shot, uh, telling Tristan Sherry to go into space uh, where the ball landed. Um, and, and not just him, but it was just everyone. Um, it, it's a big thing, isn't it? Like we talk about it in workplaces, communication, but uh, it's just as important on the footy field, isn't it, Frank? Oh, I think it'd be almost more important on the footy field with a, you know, a 300. 300- It was buying into to the game plan and the, the structures that um, Clarkson is setting up. As Mark said, maybe they're a lot easier to understand, um, and the players are uh, you know are buying in and and expressing themselves more and feel more confident about their abilities. So um, yeah, I'm, I think it's a, it's always a good sign, and um, hopefully that's the start of something. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think it's going to stop. Uh, yeah, I've already seen the asset that Griffin Logue will be um, in yeah. particular on the back half. Look, he's a good intercept player. We know his football ability, uh, Mark. But I think his talk and his leadership in the back line will be just as valuable. He he's, he was fantastic. I mean, he um, he looks like a born leader at the club already. It's just uh, his in, his impact on that back line can't be understated already. I mean, he's. Um, he and Mackay already working together. I could see they interacted a bit as well. Um, even Low giving him... Uh, Mackay went went up for a mark at one stage when he should have knocked it out of bounds and they got a goal out of it. And I, I noticed Logue just, you know, with his fist just said, you know, mate, mate you've got to knock that away. So they're, um, they're, holding, they're holding each other accountable down there as well. And I just think... I, I actually like 
Bonner as the third defender. Mm. I'm sure Core will probably come in at some point, but I don't mind Bonner filling that role. I think it, he, that works quite well. Um, yeah, I thought he was really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I like Bonner in that role. People forget, but he got off to a very good start. I think it was the start of 21 or was at the start of last year. This was 21, where um, he played the first seven or eight games and he was flying and his body really hasn't got quite right since then. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he starts round one, given Cor's had a few calf niggles. They might they might be um, cautious with him. I, I don't think that'll be a bad thing. Um, and I like Goder and Perez off the, the half-backs while we're talking about backline. The only one I'm, I've got my doubts about again is, is Jay-Z. I, I'm not quite sure what role he fills down there because Luke McDonald uh, intercepts a fair bit and um, plays a similar type role. And then you've got Bonner, who can play taller or, or smaller, and um, and Logue's even the same. So I, I, don't, I don't know where he fits because once you've got the tools cover, you really want speed running off half-back and, and Jack doesn't get have that, and he's not he's not the most precise kick. So I think he'll start potentially in round one, but I'm not sure he'll stay there all year. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess a lot of it depends on Aiden Core who's still um, getting back to fitness. He played the last two quarters uh, basically in VFL, yeah. uh, um, just to get a bit of fitness back. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. There's competition for spots. By the looks of it, and we'll probably know a lot more after this weekend against the Bulldogs as well, because they did say this is this is a dress rehearsal of how we yeah. want to look and how uh, we want to set up and, uh, with this sort of team for round one. So we'll sort of see how we go. Uh, one thing I also noticed, Frank, was how much bigger we looked physically. We really um, hit Richmond hard, particularly in that first quarter, and our tackles were really strong. Yep, and uh, I think I was on record saying that in the interclub match that I went to on that Saturday and noticed just how much bigger a few of the second and third year players looked. Um, and uh, yeah, I saw on Friday um, that there's definitely um, a few of the younger boys, you know, I'd say conservatively have probably put on three kilos uh, in, mm. you know, I, across the shoulders, some some Powell, you know, Powell's like, put Powell, Powell's put on at least five. I, I said I was going to say Powell. I'd even go as far as as far as five plus. He looks mm-hmm. to have had a huge preseason, uh, and um, yeah. So I certainly noticed that in their body shape and that even in the inter club match that there were some guys that looked like they'd had uh, really productive uh, preseasons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, go on, Mark. I was just going to ask you, Dean, who who stood out to you apart from Powell's the obvious one? Who else looks stronger to you? I, I thought um, – I think Curtis is incredibly strong for a second-year player. Yeah, he showed that in intra-club matches. Uh, I hear a couple of birds in the background that agree with you, Mark. But, um, <laughs> yeah, now he certainly in the intra-club match looked uh, very physically strong. Um, Zerha looked very trim um, yep. in the middle, yep. which we'll talk about in a minute. But he looked very strong as well, um, I think. So there was there isn't many players on the team on a, that I seen on a weekend that looked, um, you know, any smaller or physically didn't look up to it. They they all go, go, go to go to and Perez, another two that look bigger and stronger. Mm. Combin's definitely stronger. Mm. Um, so there's there's plenty, and, and Archer's not playing, but we all know he's he's got stronger and fitter over the off season as well. Uh, still not sure what's what's holding him back at the moment. They haven't really said. No, that's that's been uh, kept very quiet at the moment. Um, Mark, I'll stick with you now. Second mm. quarter, um, I think our, I think our work rate dropped a lot, um, especially kicking with the breeze. I'm not too sure psychologically. Maybe they just um, thought it was going to come easy. I think Richmond were a bit flat in the first quarter. But, um, yeah, old habits, I guess, die hard. And we conceded five goals in a row. Any concerns there? Uh, look, I, I, there were a number of supporters on Twitter that got really upset about that. those five <laughs> goals. I, I wasn't um, – overall, in the scheme of the things on the day, I, I wasn't too worried about it at all. I mean, this is the first time they've been against opposition with a new game plan. Um, and that's that's pretty significant when you think about it. And the fact that it's working as well as it is after the you know one intra club game and one game against opposition, we should be absolutely incredibly excited by what's coming because it can only get better from there. I think they'll get some good lessons out of that. You know, you'd much rather it happen now than when the season started. So, I think they'll get good learnings out of that. I think you're right. They we dropped off a little ten percent, and they probably picked up ten percent. That's enough to cause you a problem. And Rich, Richmond's a potential top four side, so. Um, 
we don't have to get too down about it. But I think no. look, we we missed a few opportunities ourselves at the other end. Um, you know, and momentum's a big thing. If you can, you lose it for ten minutes, you can cause your problems. But I, look, they're a good side. I'm not I'm not too bothered. And the overall scheme of what I saw, I was you know there was too many positives to be too concerned about it. I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think Frank, the last five minutes or even probably six or seven minutes of that quarter, we did kick a goal and we sort of got the turn, game back on our terms a little bit. So I guess, um, yeah, I mean, at least that was a positive in that quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think really, uh, no matter how um, uh, optimistic you are as a North supporter, I don't think Clarkson is going to iron out all the faults and habits that we've that have crept into the side over the last two or so years and I think that game probably reflects what we'll what what we will see throughout the year moments where you can clearly see improvements moments where we tread water and then there'll be those pockets where we switch off and get scored against by you know really good sides but um, I think there's probably more positives than there were negatives yeah, I definitely. Mean, yeah, I agree. We, look, we, we, we talked about it so many times between the three of us talking about the ball getting walked out of our forward line last year. I think that's the thing that frustrated everyone more than anything. That, that wasn't happening on in that game. We were we looked much faster in our forward line. We looked more dangerous and it was much harder to get the opposition to get the ball out of there. So that's a massive step forward already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah definitely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Mark. Now, we'll, we'll talk about um, some individual players um, going into this week. Uh, you know, it's going to be important and, and for round one um, for prospective teams. Now, we'll talk about Cameron Zerhar to start with. We briefly touched on him before, uh, Mark. Um, mm. I, I think he looks pretty good in the middle. He looks great. I, I, I think they're playing him more there at the moment than they might intend to round one. And I say that just because Cunnington, Simpkin... Uh, a back, a back then, but um, I think he will be used a lot in the centre bounces though. Still, and he does look good there. They've just got to get the balance right so they don't take away, um, you know, his potential to kick kick goals. But he mm. he he looks really good playing that role. It definitely works for him, and it gets him into the game. So especially early in games, it'll be a great way to get you know the blood flowing for him and get his get him into the game. Um, and and if we if we have a couple of goals kicked against us and, and we're losing a couple out of the middle, you just throw they'll throw him in every time I reckon. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Like, and that's a good point by Mark there, Frank. Now, second quarter when he kind of went out of the middle, we kind of lost a little bit of our um, structure in the mi- midfield, um, and we, we we started losing a few uh, center clearances when he was out of there. Did you notice that as well, Frank? I mean, he he, he does look pretty good there. Oh, absolutely. And I think Cam's probably at that age now and has got the reputation that, you know, if, if he goes into the middle, the opposition would be very keen to see where he is uh, <laughs> a, 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 when the ball is bounced. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's renowned as a bloke that's prepared to put his body and his head over the ball and take out whatever's in front of him. Um, and I think that plays into our hands that, uh, you know, there'd be no doubt that there'd be um, young, particularly younger kids coming through that, uh, that other clubs are playing through the middle that would Cam steps into the middle for a centre bounce. So, yeah, I'd love to see him there. Obviously not permanently, but, you know, as a bit of a stopgap or maybe to try and shift momentum, I think he's he's the perfect foil. Do you think, uh, just going on that, um, and that's a very good point by Frank uh, there, Mark, that, uh, mm. yeah, he does uh, put the fear uh, of um, trepidation in the opposition players. Do you think number 18 from Port Adelaide will be uh, happy to see him at the centre, centre square? Um, come uh, when, whenever we play Port Adelaide, he might be in the sandful by that stage. He's not <laughs> not, in, not, in, not in great form at the moment. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, all jokes aside about Jason Horn Francis, when when you think of the midfield we've got at the moment, you know, with Simkin still to come in, um, <clears throat> along with Cunnington and the way LDU um, Phillips and Powell played the other day, and Wardlaw we haven't even seen yet. There's six very good midfielders, and Thomas potentially to come back in either in the back line or as another mid. That's seven, all pretty much top 13, top 15 draft picks, and most of them in the top five. If if you'd been given the choice at the end of the season, in hindsight now, and we had to lose one of either Jason Horn Francis or Curtis, I, I would have preferred to lose Jason Horn Francis. Curtis is is a player we can't replace. We've actually got a plethora of midfielders. So 
I, I honestly think it's, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about it between Port Adelaide and everything else. And, and at the time it was a bit of a shock in going back, but I mean, given the way Sheasel played and, and the fact we've still got Wardlaw there and we're going to get Port's first round pick, I think in the, you know, in five years' time, we might look back and go, it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah, uh, and this, and just on that, um, yeah, I, I think there's about a 10% chance that uh, Jason or Francis' best uh, AFL season might be his first season at North Melbourne. Mm. Just a little little chance of that because, I don't know, he, he's a bit of a... Um, yeah, he didn't look... Like, he looks all right, but... Um, yeah, he doesn't uh, doesn't have his head sw- uh, switched on uh, too well sometimes. So we'll move on from that. We don't want to talk about him anymore. No. Um, you talked about Harry Sheasel. Uh, now, Frank, I think you'll be pretty much the most loved North Melbourne player within about two or three rounds. Um, he's very exciting to watch. And he's just a lovable bloke, isn't he? Jeez, yep. L- LDU, LDU is not going to be happy with you. You might get, a, <laughs> you might get an email tomorrow. Yeah, yeah from Matty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, kid seems to get in in the right places. The thing I love ab- about what he did was he he makes the most of the opportunity that he gets. He didn't come away with thirty disposals or a dozen marks or anything like that. But he he's the kind of kid that I think you give him seven or eight disposals in that forward fifty, and he's going to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. All, no, and that's a good class. point, Mark. Yeah, it's yeah. like he doesn't need need to get uh, a lot of touches. He'll just make things happen, won't he, inside that forward 50? No, and, and, and he's, I mean, and what's scary is he's played games in under-18s where he's had 35 possessions, possessions and kicked four goals, so he can go he can go into the midfield and cause trouble there as well. I mean, he's he is all class as a football. He's got, he's not necessarily super fast with his legs, but he's one of the fastest. He's very, he is very Toby Green-like in terms of his footy brain, um, and he's a bit more agile, Um you know, not, there's nothing wrong with Toby Green. It's probably a gun player. And I, I Sheasel's modelled his game on him a bit, and you can see that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, very, very – he and Wardlaw seem like they're just great people as well to have at the club. So, yeah, I, think, I think – Yeah, I think with some of the people they've brought in, you've got to hand it to the recruiters in terms of the draft picks. Of, you know, we know about Jason and Francis, but they've certainly got it right this year. I think Braden George, although he's out injured, will be terrific next year. I think Curtis has been inspired – I think Goda's got, Goda shows heaps of talent. I think Archer, we've got for nothing, and he looks like he could be a leader at the club long term. And Phillips and Power looking good. So, you know, a lot of clubs like Carlton and Melbourne, it, it took them years of, of getting draft picks wrong, you know, year after year before they came good. We, we don't seem to have had that problem. I mean, from LDU onwards, in terms of our low round picks, we've, we've pretty much got them right. There's been very few that we're looking back on now and going, oh, that was a disaster. So I think we've got the nucleus of a really exciting, young, talented squad, and and it's come together pretty fast. I mean, when you look at the Carlton, the Melbourne rebuilds, it, it can go for more than a decade. So, you know, and with Clarkson there now to guide them, you'd be very confident we'll we'll get the best out of those guys and we'll retain them. So it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say quickly, Mark. I, I forgot to mention it before, but you touched on getting players for not a lot. Another kid that really mm. impressed me in the intra club was Cooper Harvey, who um, yes. I, I remember his father when we drafted him. He's got 10 kilos on his father at 19 years of age. Yes. Uh, and he did some things in that intra club match that I thought, geez, you know, there was some talk that he might go really, really late. But I saw in his kind of physical development, I thought, geez, this kid's come a lot further than what I expected in, in one preseason. What what position do you think he'll play long term? Well, I, I don't know. Look, I mean, obviously, Dad was very crafty around the goals. I mean, I know mm. he, he had plenty of a, a midfield time, but I still think he's his best moments, and he was probably most dangerous in that forward fifty. Um, yeah. I was just really surprised by Cooper's physical development. I just kind of thought he'd be like his dad and would be running around, uh, you know, in a in a kid sized jumper at sixty five kilos, but he looked to be sort of physically far more developed than what I thought he would be. He's stronger, but he's not as quick. It seems to be the consensus yeah. on him. Yeah, um, but 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 he's he's and he's t- he's a tough inside sort of player, but he's and clever around goal and, and yeah. good and good above his head. So a bit different to dad, but um, 
I mean, he's got plenty of time. You know, there's yep. a lot of midfield, a lot of midfielders there, so that might be hard. That's probably going to be a challenge for him to get into that midfield. But you know, maybe he can play you know various roles mid forward and and um. But you're right. I thought he looked good early too. Yeah. Did he did he play in the last two quarters against Richmond in the you know, when the when the VFL guys came on? I, I didn't see him. Dean, did you see him? No, I didn't notice him, but I didn't look too hard, to be honest with you. So, yeah, no, I, I didn't watch last quarter, um, the sixth quarter. I went home after the fifth quarter, but I didn't notice. I, I assume he did. Like, I don't think there was an injury there or anything like that. But um, I, noticed, I noticed Curtis Taylor was back. Yeah, yeah, he played reserves. Um, mm. Yeah, we had uh, – yeah, we'll talk about a few players there uh, soon. But um, no concern. Like LDU looked uh, really good. We don't really have yeah. to talk too much about that. Um, we t- briefly touched on Jack Zebel. Uh, Frank, uh, we'll go through around your best twenty-three soon. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if you, uh, uh, your, you boys have got him in your version two teams. Uh, Josh Goder looked really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he'll be in the round one team uh, definitely after. The weekend's performance and probably uh, play against the Bulldogs this week. I want to talk to you about uh, a couple of positional battles. Now, Eddie Ford and Jaden Stevenson. Uh, Frank, if you had to pick one out of those two to play round one, uh, who would you pick? Uh, I thought Eddie Ford played better as a forward than Jaden mm. Stevenson. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, Mark? I think I think Eddie Ford's more reliable. Um, but I, I've actually, I actually think both of them are going to play. I, I've, I've got, um, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I've got Jaden Stevenson in the side, and I've got Ford on the interchange. Okay, no, fair enough. Uh, it's going to be interesting because, what, what, when the version one team uh, uh, came it came through from the listeners, not one person had Eddie Ford in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when uh, people do their version two teams uh, if they've got uh, Eddie Ford in. Uh, the Combin and Larky combination looked pretty good too. They, did, you know, one thing I uh, noticed they didn't get in each other's way, did they? Like they, they just um, it was always one on one battles with them. They understood each other's patterns straight away, didn't they, Frank? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and look, he, he, um, uh, I guess we, we sort of, uh, with, with, with Chom, uh, you just cross your fingers and, and hope that he's there. He's been at this point a couple of times in his career where he's looked like. He's going to be the perfect foil and then something happens. But he's certainly – the one thing you can't question about him is his commitment to winning the footy, whether it's in the air or on the ground. He goes for it. Unfortunately, his body's let him down in the first two or three years. Yeah. But when he's there, we look like a far better setup up forward. He's a bit yeah. like he's – a, he's, he's, a, he's a real athlete and he's a bit like um, – He's, and this got mentioned in the intra-club game by the commentators, he, he is a bit similar to Charlie Kerno in, in that he's that athletic type rather than a big, burly, heavy key forward. Um, so those sort of guys are a bit more prone to injury, but I think he's grown into his body now. I think, we fingers crossed, we, we should be okay with him. But we look a lot more agile with those two on the forward line rather than the lumbering ruckman um, sort of bumbling around down there. I, I just think we the, the, we the movement looked better and we just looked more dangerous. And then you've got some guys like Zerhar and, and Ford who are good in the air and on the ground. I, I just think that, and then Sheasel, obviously, both of those, and Curtis can mark one as well. So yep. I just, I, I like that combination. I, I hope they keep the Ruckman out of there, um, out of the forward line this year. No, yep. no, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, with Charlie Common, he reminds me so much of Jared Waite, the way he moves. And oh, just, that's a good comparison. Yeah. yeah, and just his athleticism. It's, it's um, yeah, we got Jared White when he was in his thirties. So to have a, a Jared White version two when he's only twenty or, or twenty one or whatever would be very very handy for Nick Larkey. Um, another positional battle: uh, Tristan Sherry and Colin Coleman Jones. Now, I don't know um, if one of them plays. Uh, I don't think uh, two of them play. Uh, we're not going to play both of them. Goldstein. Um, do you think one of them plays, and which one, Frank? Uh, I I would go with Sherry. I think he's more of a natural ruckman than CJ, uh, and I I think Coleman Jones doesn't offer enough up forward to push Sherry's ruck ability out. If you follow what I what I mean, yeah. I don't think either of them are perfect, but I just think Sherry's. He's a bit more physical. He seems to hunger for that contest a bit more, physical contest. 
and I think that's probably going to put him just ahead of Coleman Jones when when the whips are cracking for round one. No, yeah, no, it's it's definitely looking at like at at this stage. And I thought uh, Tristan Sherry really exerted himself in the contest uh, over the weekend as well. Um, obviously, it helped not having Goldstein there. What about yourself, Mark? I think it's Cherry. I reckon it's Cherry versus Goldstein and Callum Coleman Jones versus Combin. No, and, okay. and 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 so I I think um, I think Callum Coleman Jones is is more of a chance because he can play as the twenty third as the sub and either come on as a ruckman or as a forward, whereas Cherry can only come on if he's going to replace um, Goldson. I, I don't think Cherry offers at this stage. I don't think he offers much up forward at all. No, um, I agree. I agree with that, Mark. He looks he looks out of his depth as a marking forward. Yeah. Uh, and the, but he he certainly looks like he's developing as a one of those old fashioned crash and bash ruckmen. Well, I think I think by next season, I I don't know if Goldie goes on next year. I I, I think that's doubtful, and I think he'd become the number one ruckman at the club, um, and ruck ninety percent of the time with a chop out from a combine. Yeah. Um. So that I, I think I, so that's why that's why I'm saying I think it's Cherry versus Goldie. Although Goldie will start as the number one ruckman and. And I don't, maybe they want 14 or 15 games out of Goldie this year and they want yep. um, Cherry to play the rest as the number one ruckman. So yep. I'm yep. Get, it's a guess, of course, I don't know. But um, <laughs> it, they have said that the, the coaches have said that it's Coleman Jones versus Coleman. So that comment's already been made. So that's... No, well, if that's if that's uh, the case, then uh, you'll probably have to think that... Um... Callum Coleman Jones uh, wouldn't be in the team if it's Callum Coleman Jones uh, versus Coleman. Um, no, yeah, no. that'll be yeah, that'll be interesting. I thought Cherry looked uh, uh, really good on the weekend too. Um, oh, whenever we played last week, uh, I got my days mixed up uh, last time when I mentioned it. Uh, intra club match, I think I mentioned it was on a uh, it was on a Friday, but it was on a Saturday. So, anyways, we'll move forward now. I know Frank, you want to talk about this one, um, Kane Turner. I think. He's going to be in a round one team. Um, he looked okay. His defensive pressure was quite good. Uh, he was in the blue team for the intra-club match. I think Alistair Clarkson's got a role for him. Um, I'm going to guess you're not going to agree with that. No, I, I don't disagree with you, Dean, uh, uh, simply because you said that Alistair will have a role for him. And I think that's probably where Kane Turner's at. If, if Clarkson identifies a, a specific role for him, I think he'll go for it. Otherwise, I'm probably more in the camp that if you just if you're going to pick someone to see what they can do, you know, as a, as a footballer, I think I'd rather put invest time into, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Lazaro, for example, and see what he if whether he can take the next step. But I do understand that they that Turner has played role football for us before and done it well. And it's, it wouldn't be unrealistic to see Clarkson throw him a specific task for round one, and uh, he's in the team. Yeah. Well, who's 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 West Coast's most attacking halfback flanker? Oh, Do they have well, one? Probably Shannon Hearn, you reckon? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but he's getting a bit on. Uh, they got uh, they got Duggan. Um, they've got a couple of others, I think, but uh, like, but that, that's the role. I mean, that is his role, that that's always really been his role, and unless he's been playing as a back pocket, which I don't think he'll Archer and, and Perez and those guys have, have got those roles now. I don't think he's going back again. He, no. His only his only opportunity, I think, this year is to close down uh, whoever the best attacking back flanker is for the opposition, and that 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 will be his role. Like, I can't see him doing anything else. Well, based on form, uh, Mark, I think he's he's almost a, a lock for round one. He's looked pretty good. Well, it's hard. It's hard. You can't argue with his last two weeks. No, that's right. You know? um, so, yeah, if, if it's based on form, and it should be, you'll have to play. Um, but he, the poor guy will be – he'll need to keep his form up. One bad game and he'll be out. He won't, um, he won't have yeah. a lot of leeway. There's too much competition for spots. I'm at the point, uh, Mark, where I even think a good game might see him out if the following week that he doesn't have the matchup that Clarkson wants. Yeah, I, I, that might even be the case in round one. You know, I, I'm not sure if they need him round one because they don't. Yeah. they don't really have a lightning quick half backer that, that uh, needs to be shut down. Yeah. Um, 
So that, yeah. he, he, that that might stop him playing round one. I don't know, but you know, it depends what role they see for him. But yeah, to me, that's that's the role for him. If there's, you know, if there was a, a Daniel was playing the back line for the Bulldogs and was getting, they didn't want him to be getting forty five possessions and distributing the ball everywhere. They might, you know, lock him down with Turner, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, we'll see. Yeah, look, I mean, at, at the moment, um, yeah, it looks like he's in uh, Clarkson's, uh, you know, books at the moment. Maybe he's uh, thinking of a Paul Pauperlo role for Kane Turner because we, it's probably a role that we really need. Um, we don't really have a small forward that um, puts on, you know, uh, more pressure. defensive pressure. So, mm, you yeah. know, I mean, we've got good offensive forwards like Paul Curtis, um, that you know, Jade Stevenson, but they're not exactly defensive players. And we're, you know, we're I mean, talking about Earlier, but um, yeah. Every coaches, every coaches love Turner from from the time he's been at the club <laughs> because because he, they know exactly what they're going to get from him, and he 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 won't let you down from an effort perspective. So they they know that he will do everything, every one percenter, every defensive effort will be there. He'll always follow the rules in terms of the team structure, which is how he ended up on the leadership group because uh, that. But he's just his talent is limited. You know that's that's just a yeah. fact. So yeah. it's just a question of, um, you know, that you're right. You're both right. The role-playing thing will be uh, these opportunity for sure. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll move on from Kane Turner before um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Frank, Frank, Frank needs to go to therapy or, or we'll talk about it with his wife or something. So, yeah. uh, there's one other player that's I'm a bit surprised that's out of favour at the moment. Now, he played the last three quarters over the weekend, and that's Lucky Young. Yeah, I... I a bit, a bit surprised. The way he finished off last year, I, I thought it was quite good. Uh, how do you, like, I don't think he's in a round one team. Do you, do you think he's even closer, Frank, at the moment? Uh, look, I guess on exposed form, you'd say he'd be highly unlikely, but um, I've, I've gone on record before saying that I had some strong doubts about him as a footballer when he first arrived, but he changed my mind. Mm. Um uh, over the, the, the next sort of 12 months. Whether it's a fitness thing or an injury thing, I don't know. But, I yeah, I'm surprised that he hasn't had more uh, senior time. I, I reckon he'll get plenty. I reckon he'll get – I reckon he'll be starting this week. I've got a feeling he'll be he'll be in the starting 18 this week. Mm, interesting. Yeah, because, okay. I mean, there's a few players that um, are, are fighting, you know, uh, to get up to round one. Um, a couple of them did play on the weekend, like Aiden Core, Curtis Taylor, Aaron Hall, just to name three. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're really fighting to, um, you know, be fit for round one. They might not even be in the team any at this stage. Is that a fair call, Mark? Yeah, I don't I don't have any of them in the team. Yeah, um, really. I, I, Taylor, Taylor plays a full game against the Bulldogs. He, he might come in and, and he, he did, you know, he had a great season last year, so... You know, similar to Young, they both they both did. So, I, I've got Young or it'll be Young or Taylor on the bench, in my opinion, in round one. I think one of one of them will get a game, um, but it'll depend on who who does well this week. You know, and they can't they can't play everyone this week. So, the guys that do play, if they play reasonably well, you can't push them out because it's the dress rehearsal. So, um, it, they'll people will be desperate to play against the Dogs this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, what about uh, a photo with Harry Styles? Any chance that will help him, uh, Frank? <laughs> um, not in my book, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Dean. No, there's a, a, a number of other artists that uh, would have uh, seen him shoot up the rankings, but uh, no, not not with me. But anyway, uh, yeah, I did see that. It was all over Twitter. Uh, yeah. Our new number one supporter. For, for the yeah. life of me, I kind of thought, how, did, how on earth did that happen? But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, there you go. No, good luck to him, I suppose. So, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it'll be interesting uh, what happens with uh, Lockie Young. I know um, his biggest fan uh, at the stale toenail, uh, Sasha, um, probably be a little bit disappointed if, uh, and heartbroken if he doesn't play round one. Uh, anyways, um, we'll go, we'll, I think we've pretty much covered um, as much as we can. Um, with uh, that game and individual players. Now, we'll start with uh, your version two teams. Now, Frank, uh, we'll start with your back six. Well, I've, um, I sort of went on what I'm hoping will 
uh, these players will get a bit more senior time and if they're available, would, would make up our best back six. And I went with uh, Lukey Mack, uh, Mackay, Core, Aaron Hall, uh, Logue and Perez. Very good. Uh, what about yourself? Who you got there, uh, uh, Mark? Uh, I've got um, back, back line of Bonner, Mackay, McDonald, Gota, Logue, Perez. Yeah, so you, yeah, you're definitely on uh, Perez. Um, you two, I'll go, yeah, Frank, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he did. He he showed some really good signs on Friday. Some really good composure, and you know, let's see what he's got. Yeah, and you don't have Aiden Core, do you, uh, Mark? No, I've got no Jack Siebel, and I've got no Aiden Core. I'm I'm sticking with Bonner at the moment. I thought I think he's been good. Go to, um, you know, Go has got to fight for a spot. I think with Young. Um, I mean, also, I mean, that could be Jack Siebel, but I, I just yeah. think someone like Goda offers a lot more uh, X-factor speed. He's a beautiful kick uh, and he's a long-term option. But, there's, you know, if I'm re- being realistic, it's probably more likely that Siebel will, will uh, replace him and he'll have to start in the VFL. But, and then it becomes Goda or um, Young on the bench, potentially. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting, but I, I think... I think they will start Jack Siebel. I haven't got him in my side, but I think he will play. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, yeah, and you've got Aaron Hall, uh, Frank. Uh, your reasoning behind that? Look, I think, again, if he's fit and available, I think he's shown enough uh, that uh, with his with his ball use and his run that I think will, will appeal to Clarkson. Um, but, look, you know, again, if he's, if he's not fit or if he's not 100%, um, he could easily lose that spot to, you know, like a, a Lockie Young. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he, he, I think he's on the fringes this year anyway. Like, he, he's a type of player. If he continues last year's form of just butchering the ball too much, I don't know if he'll, he'll stay in a team. And he's at that age now where, yeah, I mean, if he's not uh, playing up to his standard, uh, 32 years old, then they might uh, look uh, to, you know, more regular games for Josh Goto or Flynn Perez and, yep. you know, yeah, get them in. Uh We'll go to your centre line then, Mark. We'll go. We'll start with you, uh, wingers, and in the centre square. Um, Scott, I've got as the permanent winger. Yeah. Uh, Cunning, Cunnington in the midfield, and I've got Powell on the wing. But he, he, I don't necessarily think he'll play a lot on the wing. I think they'll, they'll rotate different guys through the wing, through that wing. Um, so I've got him in, in just in terms of the overall side. I've got him there. Yeah, I think the dog that was barking in the background didn't agree with Tom Powell on the wing there. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Frank? Uh, almost the same. I got Scotty permanently on the wing, Cunnington in the middle, and then I I looked to play Goder on the wing only because of physical development. I thought I'd be a bit concerned about some of the matchups exposing him at half back, but I think he's certainly a player that needs to play senior footy. So I've got Goder on the other wing. Yeah, that's the yeah, same thing. It's going to wind as me. So, yeah, no, I, I love Goder on the wing. He was very good in the round 23 game against Gold Coast last year. And, yeah, I think uh, that would be a good position for him. All right, uh, half forward and forward, uh, full forward line. Uh, go with you again, Mark. Who you got there? Uh, Stevenson, Combin, Curtis, Sheasel, Larky, Zerha. Yep. Uh, what about you, Frank? I've got the exact same six. Oh. Got, but I don't know if it's in the same order. I've got Stevenson, Combin, Sheasel at half forward, then Curtis, Larky, Zerha. Okay, yeah. Um, no, fair enough. Uh, Stevenson is an interesting one. Are you guys happy with his form at the moment? Um, look, the intra-club match was okay. I thought he was okay. I thought he was yeah, okay. I thought he was actually, yeah. I thought in the intra club he was he was on my side of the ground and I thought he was okay, and then I thought again he was a little bit better in in the in the Richmond game. Uh, look, I'm I'm still not convinced that he's running on top of the ground, but I'm hoping that maybe it's just the preseason sort of funk and come round one he he's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, no, nothing uh, convinced you about Eddie Ford to start on a half-forward flank, uh, Frank? Or... Uh, look, again, I think it had just come down to someone like Stevenson. I think he's probably the weakest of those six. And if he mm. was to play uh, some bad uh, pre-season games or Eddie Ford was to continue on his current form, I'd happily switch them out. 
Yeah. What about you, Mark? Um, I, 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 I thought it was a complete toss-up between um, Stevenson and, and Ford. You know, I, I wouldn't upset wouldn't upset me if Ford played ahead of him. I thought Ford was. I think Ford's been excellent, and I, I just think he's very trustworthy too. But I, I agree with Frank. I think Stevenson's building, and I think when the crowds are there, I think he'll he'll uh, he'll go to another level. I think under Clarkson, he's going to blossom. But I'm that might be wishful thinking. But I, I just he he's going in. He's going in hard. His commitment uh, over the ball's much better. Um, so he looks more confident in the contest than he has for a long time, and, and it's just, uh, and that hopefully his confidence will grow from there. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful with him. Yeah, neither of his uh, Mark. Now you talked him up. Uh, you didn't want uh, Kane, you didn't put Kane Turner there. Um, reasoning behind that? Uh, no, he's I've got him in the twenty-two, but he's not he's not in the starting forward line. Okay, well that's disappointing for all Kane Turner uh, fans out there. Uh, yes. We'll go to uh, Ruck, Ruck Rover and Rover. Uh, Frank, who you got there? <laughs> well, uh, Goldie, LDU, Simkin. I think that's probably enough said. Yeah. Yeah. You, you Ditto. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. I thought uh, uh, Frank might have put Kane Turner as a Rover and pushed him. <laughs> no, uh, oh, that, that's, uh, but that's pretty much um, yeah uh, standard. Like, you, there's no yeah. real uh, issues there or anything, is there? Uh, no, no, no. Injury, injury, or a, a huge redirection in form is the only thing that will change those three. No, no, that's right. Yeah, no, there's, uh, it's it's pretty much uh, written in ink. Uh, that that's uh, that centre square line and yeah, um, ruck line. Uh, we'll go to the interchange bench. So we'll go through the last five players. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Uh, who you got there? I think we're all. Go- I'm tipping we're all going to have Phillips as one of them, and then. Mm. Uh, Yep. I've got Turner, Ford, and Young with Callum Coleman Jones as the twenty third. And I know there's an all supporter out there who doesn't like that, but um, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. <laughs> he berated me on Twitter last week for it, but I'm sticking with uh, Callum Coleman Jones as a twenty twenty third player. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, no, or stick to your guns, you might as well. So I actually didn't mind it. Um yeah, you know, I mean it's good to experiment with the twenty third man. If, you know, a couple yeah. of different ways. So, yeah, no, I did, I did see that, but uh, I think he was. Uh, oh, I can't remember who it was now. It was um, yeah, footy podcast person or yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's it's good to have discussions about this. Uh, what about yourself, Frank? Now, this one here, I'm going to say, boys, this is what I think will be the five. It's not necessarily who I want to be the five, but I've gone with Sherry, Zebel, Phillips. Powell and Bonner. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Now, I would happily, and I, I wouldn't argue with anyone, that I'd happily swap Taylor for Zeebel. Mm. Uh, and I think there's a, a, another handful of arguments that could be had for, oh, obviously, Sherry and, and possibly even Bonner. But that's who, that's what I, how I think they'll go. You're, would you would you agree that Phillips and Power are your locks in that form, oh, in that group? I think especially Phillips. I yeah. think he's shown enough this year. He looks like a senior footballer. So um, yeah, 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 I'd, I'd be easily convinced that that he doesn't belong on the bench. But it, it was yeah. just kind of <laughs> limited it's, to to spots. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a reflection of his form at all, no, I agree. No, no, absolutely not. I think there'd be a very, very strong argument to say he, there's a number of players who he could replace in that starting lineup, and you would say, yep, I completely agree with you. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think at the moment, uh, with, with the, uh, the, the, the issues he had last year, uh, to let him build in, slowly into the midfield and give him game time, I think might suit him as well. But anyway, that's where I've got uh, young Will. Yeah, no, he's, he definitely yeah. deserves a game uh, based on his form. Uh, now, Mark, is that, uh, is that uh, version two team different, uh, much different to your version one team? Or is yeah, it pretty good? Uh, no, yeah, I, I think there's a few changes there. Well, Bonner certainly has come in. Yeah. Um, Ford has come in. Turner's come in. Um. Try, I, I'm, oh, Arch is not there. I mean, I would have if Arch was available. I'd still have him in. I, I love love Arch Jackson Archer as a player, but um, he's uh, not available, so I've had no choice with him. I'm, I'm not sure who I've uh, who I've removed other, other than that. 
No, fair enough. Um, yeah, I can't remember your version one team either off the top of my head. What about yourself, Frank? Uh, do you know if it's much different from your version one team? I'm, I'm just trying to think. I, I think I didn't have Combin in because I went with a very trusted side for round, for version one of what we knew. And Combin yeah. was always a, a bit sketchy because of injury. So I don't think Combin was in there. I'm not sure I had Goda in there. Yeah. Um, but I think, and I'm, I might not even have had Tommy Powell in the first one until, harsh, harsh. yeah, until maybe sort of seeing him in those first two games. I'm not 100% sure because I am a massive Tommy Powell fan, but just off the top of my head, oh, and I didn't have Sheasel in the side. Oh, well, I, th- I think he's a criminal. Lot. Yeah, I think he's a lot for round one. You'd have to think yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Now that I've seen him and what he can do, I I think that that was it was uh, I was being very conservative on a on a, a first year play, but yeah, it, it, I can't see him not playing round one. No, fair enough. And uh, similar with uh, thoughts with Kane Turner as well. I think that forward line is just going to be too potent, Mark. For that starting forward line, I think so. Yeah, yeah no, it's. Uh, I guess I'll put, before we finish, I guess uh, while we're talking about the forward line, um, now, it's been a while since we've kicked 100-plus points in a game. Now, you'd have to think that uh, we'll do it uh, five-plus times this year, wouldn't you, uh, Mark? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's easy to be optimistic before the season starts, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, before, you, before a ball's been bounced, but... The, from what I've seen so far uh, in our ability, not just the quality of the players down there, but the way they're keeping the ball in, I'll be surprised if we don't at least have five. I, I think we're going to be a lot lot more dangerous up forward. Just, just We look faster. I mean, even Zerha, who's had very slow starts to seasons for the last few years, he's, he looks ready to go this time. Um, I, just, I just hope Larky gets into really good form right from the start. And he's he's dropping marks at this stage, but um, I'm hoping he gets a bit of confidence with his with his starts clunking them because um, it's never going to be his greatest strength his pack marking. He's more it's his smarts that gets him a lot of his goals. But if he if he can get that part right, because there's going to be a lot more ball coming in than it has been recently. Um, and anyway, Common Common looks great in the air too. So, and and I I like the idea of having other blokes like. You know, Sheasel, Curtis, they're all Ford. Um, they're all quite dangerous in there. And people forget Stevenson's six foot two. He's not small. No. Um, and he's you know he's played as a full forward before. So they just to me it looks like a far more dangerous forward line than we've ever had. Um, yeah. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Five, five looks very realistic. Yeah. What about yourself, Frank? Over or under hundred plus points for the for the year. Uh, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I've seen enough to suggest that that, that that has a strong likelihood of happening. But what I'd really love is to halve that losing margin average. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'm all for kicking 100, but if the opposition are kicking 160, <laughs> I, I still think we probably haven't made nah. the right progress. Whereas, nah, you don't want to... No, you don't want yeah. to lose, but I would love to be three-quarter time for the majority of the games go, we are still in this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I'll cop no 100-point uh, scores if we can win eight games and it's, you know, 80 to 60. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I mean, it's saying that, um, would you prioritise being more competitive than wins? Like, if we lost a couple of games by a couple of points here and there... Um, would, would that make you happier and we're showing more progress or would, or you just um, think of bottom line, oh, let's just get the wins. doesn't matter how we get them. I'll go with you, Mark, with that anyway. Well, it's a good question. It's a, it's a really good point. I mean, I think most supporters – I think Frank's raised a good point about being in games at three-quarter time. I, I think if we're if – we're, most games this year, we feel like we're still in at three-quarter time. If we fall away in the last quarter – that'll be a lot easier to get by. I think most of us just hated feeling like we were out of the game in the first 15 minutes of half the games last year. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're going to get the... Um, oh, am, I, am I still there? Yes. Yeah, you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dropped out. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to get those six wins. So I, I, if that's a given, then I'm I just I'm with Frank. I just want to see us competitive and, and in games at three-quarter time. 
Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, probably, yeah, no, we'll finish with that anyway, boys. I've held you boys long enough. I've got, had you on for an hour. Uh, I really appreciate you both coming on uh, tonight and, um, yeah, taking the time uh, to talk about uh, your version two teams in uh, the practice match that happened last week, as well as Taryn Thomas uh, news as well. Um, yeah, no, thanks very much for coming to the show. I'm sure I'll have you boys back next week. No worries. Well, hopefully we have a good game on Saturday. That'll be good. <laughs> Look forward yeah. to it, team. So thank you to those boys for taking the time to come on the show. So that's it for this episode. I might do another one tomorrow night. I'll put out a tweet getting all you lovely listeners and your version 2 teams. Just tweet it at me in the comments or send it through on my Instagram. I'll go through them on the show and see what you listeners have got for your best 23 as well at this stage. So next week, I'll review the Bulldogs game as well, do a mailbag show, then get final version three teams by my guests, you listeners, and the season will be pretty much here um, after that, which will be exciting. And it's getting very exciting. Also, thanks for all the likes, retweets, and comments you guys put on the show. It's helping it grow. Uh, The downloads have been pretty high this year, and it's only continuing to grow as well. So I have all you listeners to thank for that. I caught up with Lee at 11 Handballs uh, on Twitter during the Richmond game as well last week, which was a good chat. A very passionate and switched on young man. I think we just talked about Harry Sheasel and how dreamy he is. I'm just kidding, but it was pretty close to that. Uh, also, instead of giving a shout-out to former players like I do at the end, I'll give it to one of you listeners from Twitter or Instagram or somewhere. Um, so if it's your birthday or you want a shout-out for a special occasion for your missus or partner or mistress, um, probably don't do that, or whatever, just message me or tweet it at me and I'll make sure to do that at the end. So in saying that, that's it for this show. So today's shout-out will go to Daniel Pell at underscore Daniel underscore Pell. Bye for now.